0: Namaste, listeners.
1: (laughs) Namaste, Mr. Claywell.
0: Namaste, Mr. Hatton. So how are you, sir? I am doing really good. Why don't
1: you tell us what we just heard? Well, we just heard a Tibetan singing bowl. Um, These are little brass, uh, copper-looking little bowls that have a little striking, I guess you would say, I don't know, it's a little stick, um, a mallet that you hit, hit the top of it with, and you run it around the top, and it sings. It, it creates this vibration, and it's a tool that's used in meditation. And it is, it's very pleasing.
0: <laughs> it does sound really nice. Uh,
1: it may come across a bit harsh
0: on the microphones, but in, in person it sounds very nice. Yeah.
1: yeah. So um, the reason we started this off with a Tibetan singing bowl um, first and foremost, before we go any further, I want to thank you, Mr. Claywell, for turning me on to Calm. Oh, you're this very welcome! Amazing app that is out there. Um, not only am I using it, but now my wife and her family and my daughter is using it. Um, it is absolutely one of the most um, useful little tools I have found in a long time, and I have to thank you for that because. I would have never even, like, looked at it hardly other than just, I mean, in passing, whenever it's on the television or something, they have the little, you know, do nothing for the next 30 seconds, little rain thing or whatever. And I was like, that's kind of cool. But, um, I mean, we are now using it daily. It oh, is awesome. 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 Awesome.
0: I, I have been, uh, you know, like I mentioned on the last uh, last episode, like one of my focus for this year is to try to learn To meditate, to be more mindful, to be more present. Uh, I have a pretty active mind that likes to roam on me, Mm -hmm. and it's sometimes hard for me to focus. I've been having a hard time focusing on the podcast that we're going to talk about in a minute. It's (laughs) been like lately, it's been very difficult for me. So this is actually coming quite handy for me to do this. Um, But yeah, I had the subscription to Calm, and yeah, I'm glad you're enjoying it because. I have found it pretty pretty helpful for myself. Uh the, the the older daughter and the wife maybe don't necessarily seem to think too highly of it. I was hoping that maybe they could get some benefit from it. I don't think they are. But, you know,
1: I found it to be quite useful and if
0: you like it then, yeah, you know, that's it,
1: worth it's it's awesome. My myself, like I said, I've I've started using it myself, um, doing the daily calms, the little ten minute meditation sessions. Right. I started that with like three or four times myself, and then I was like, told my wife, I was like, hey, you should try this, and and I was like, here, we'll do this together. So she, we just kind of sat there and and listened to it, and she was like, this is pretty awesome, and of course, by the time this was like right before bed, so before we were able to get through the ten minutes my daughter was asleep. So we were uh-huh. like, this is freaking amazing. Yeah. <laughs> so so yeah. Um and Penelope loves the uh the bedtime stories. They're like oh, they're th- nice. thirty yeah. minutes, thirty five minutes long. Um there's one that was nifty. Have you listened to that one? The little ghost?
0: No, I haven't. Oh. The only the only bedtime story I listened to was uh, a voice actor. I think I mentioned it last time. He does uh, some voice work on one of the video games I play. Yeah. And he read one that's called like The, the Train. Oh, some yeah, kind yeah, of train. yeah, Uh I don't remember the title of it offhand, but that's the only one I've listened to.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Listen to Nifty. Um, if nothing, just you sit down and listen to it if you want to. Okay. Because the story itself is phenomenally awesome it's it's a little ghost and he's hiding in you know around the the tombstones at at the very beginning of it and a little girl makes her her way into the graveyard on halloween and she gets to see him she sees him because it's on halloween and it's it was so amazing it's really 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 good so um yeah thank you thank you thank you thank you for for like i say that that was that was above and beyond anything that i could have ever like like I know, you got me an amazing planner for Christmas. I love oh, well, yeah, it. And then, then like the squash stuff is smells so good, but calm has been something that has been like life changing. Oh, wow. So it's awesome. awesome. Thank yeah. you. I'm glad
0: you enjoy it. That's, that's awesome.
1: Good deal. Good deal. Good
0: deal. Yeah. Um, so good. since we've been seeming to hit all of them here lately, uh, since the last episode, Valentine's day came through. Did yeah. you guys have a big romancey, candlelit rose petal no No? not really
1: (laughs) no i did fix dinner um i did like an alfredo like a a seafood alfredo i made some um, some scampi on the side and stuff like that um nice salad and basically just um kind of hung out um there's a tradition that my wife started years ago and it's become a tradition i should say um the first couple of years it was kind of a novelty thing but she finds these these valentine's cards that are like huge. And when I say huge, they're like if you were to get one of the big poster boards and fold it in half. Oh, I think I've seen some of those. Yeah, yeah, they're like monstrous, right? So she gets one of those every year. Um and then of course when since Penelope's come along, she and Penelope both both are now riding in it. So, um, the last few have been really awesome because it's both, you know, my wife and my daughter. So every year I get the giant card and it's, it's like, I say it's become a tradition. So nice. that was very nice. nice. Um, and of course I got her, you know, flowers and, um, she wanted chocolate covered strawberries. So I got her some of those. Oh, so I like those. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we,
0: uh, much to the chagrin of my better half, we went on a surprise trip, yay, uh drove her bananas, not knowing <laughs> all the details uh but we went to twenty one c in Lexington, the little art museum hotel thing there
1: I've and heard good things about it um I've heard interesting things I should say that it, 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 like it's always changing like the the art stuff and all yeah of that it's kind it's of
0: a, stuff. a gallery it's a work it's a gallery, so they have different exhibits set up off and on. Cool. Over time, they they change everything out. Um, the only thing I was really I, I don't know, kind of let me down a little bit, I guess, is the food. So one of the deals for me was um, you can they have like a nice restaurant mm-hmm. in the building as well, and uh, you can order from the restaurant and have the food sent up to your room as room service. Oh yeah, yeah. So I've never had room service in a hotel before. So that was a novelty. But, you know, with the numbers spiking and the huge number of positive cases of COVID and everything going on recently, you know, I thought, you know, we're going up early. So we went up on a Friday. So, you know, Valentine's Day wasn't until Monday. Right. So we were up early. There wasn't as many people there. Uh, We could go down to the gallery, I thought, and look around and wouldn't be crowded probably. Especially right. if we waited till a little later in the evening, um, we could order the food to the room, so we didn't have to sit in the restaurant and be around people. And but the food was just a slight bit disappointing because nowhere on the website did it say anything about an altered menu.
1: Ah, uh, yeah, Valentine's then, menu or Valentine's specific but menu. Yeah,
0: then when we got there, they were running a special menu just for Valentine's. Yeah. And uh i mean the like i'm just the one thing that i was going to get on the menu cuz i previewed the menu to figure out what i wanted yeah i was going to get a new york strip right no steak what no steak on the valentine's menu at all None. no
1: that's not cool
0: yeah no steak whatsoever so i was uh i was a little bit disappointed now i will say i for myself
1: ordered uh I think it was beef cheek ragu i've never heard of any of that before but that sounds interesting (laughs) i mean the only ragu i had ever heard of is the pasta sauce right
0: right yeah um i don't know really know how to describe it 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 was pasta okay and with a sauce that was more of like a beef gravy mushroom type of
1: sauce. Then kind of a marsala type sauce then. Yeah.
0: Okay. Then like a, it, it wasn't cream based. It wasn't tomato based. Yeah. Uh, and it wasn't like a lot of sauce. It was very lightly sauced. Hmm. And then beef cheek meat. on the, Tinder? The, oh yeah. Wow. Yeah, that sounds really good. Tender. Um, it, it was really tasty. Mushrooms. Oh yeah. And they had that uh, shaved, uh, is that Romano cheese or oregano or uh or whatever? Rega- Parmigiano or Reginano or yeah. whatever. I can't, I'm not Italian. Uh but it's you know, it's the stuff you get in the green bottle that you shake out, but <laughs> exactly. it's the fancy version of that.
1: <laughs> you got flakes instead of like yeah. dust. Yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> um and then she got some kind of grilled uh fish of some variety. Salmon, yeah. I think maybe. Uh it was it was tasty, but like I was going in with a steak in my head. And then uh, I had to, yeah
1: had to change okay so um i was I, it, like this whole thing has kind of been running through my head about you know what were what we, what were we going to talk about before we get like into the meat and potatoes of this this episode because this was going to be kind of a big one right um and i was like okay, there's really not been a whole lot that's been going on like since our last episode here i mean we've done the calm thing that's been really really awesome and um then, like, like you say, Valentine's Day kind of came and went, and we really didn't do a whole lot for that. We, st- you know, we have people that we take care of. The kid was right. around. So, I mean, it was one of those things where mom, I think she's been up in, uh, at my brother's place for a while. But something I did do for myself a couple of weeks ago, and, you know, I'm one of those people that if, if, I, if I see something and I want it and I don't grab it, I've, I kick myself in the tail for, like, years, right. effectively. So the other day, um, I was walking around our big box store here in town, and come across an amazing deal on a blackstone griddle. Have you seen these things? I don't even know what that is now. So uh, it is a it's a twenty eight inch gas griddle, like a grill that you'd have outside, right? Okay. The food that you make on it is phenomenal. So the, the first thing I did with uh, is is what they call smash burgers. Which is okay, kind I've of had smash burger before, okay. so it, yeah. So it's effectively, I made those at home and they were so so good. Okay. So then after that, um, I decided, well, let's let's do some like um sirloin tips with mushroom grape mushrooms, peppers, and onions, all that kind of stuff. Did all of that on it, right. dude. It was just like coming from the restaurant. Oh, nice. So this coming weekend, I'm going to be doing hibachi chicken with fried rice, noodles, and um vegetables and and all of that kind of stuff and shrimp so i'll have to show this thing to you after we get finished here okay because it's 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 impressive but you know it only counts if you've got yum yum sauce i'm going to get yum yum sauce oh, okay well you're yes. in the gold then all right. <laughs> so when I, once i finally master this thing or get at least good with this thing uh-huh. i've got you you all have to come over because i can now feed like massive amount of people because <laughs> i've got the workspace <laughs> okay so does it just sit on your cooktop or no it's is its it... own free standing it's actually it's 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 a the 28 inch griddle with on on it's the big rolling like you would see on a grill okay it has two gas burners and then, of course, the wing, like little shelves off to the side and two doors underneath that opens up. I was like, say, I'll show it to you when I okay, get finished. Okay. It's, 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 it's pretty awesome. All right. <laughs> yeah. Sounds fun.
0: <laughs> and you can tell by looking at me, I love to eat. So.
1: Oh, dude, I'm, I am all about it. And like I say, I'm, I'm really stoked about doing the hibachi chicken this weekend. It, it looks like it's good. like, I watched the videos this morning and I'm like, dude, I can do every bit of that. Like they, they st- the whole video was 16 minutes long. Right. From beginning to end, five minutes of that was them taste testing and eating. They had their <laughs> hibachi done in 10 minutes.
0: Yeah, it don't take long. It, it was just so quick. High heat, fast cooking. Yeah, it yeah. was
1: awesome. So,
0: right yeah. on. Uh, something else that I did, uh, that does sound really good, though. That. Yeah,
1: so you guys are going to come just, and eat? Yep.
0: Well, I'll be here for sure. I don't know. Uh,
1: I can't speak for anybody else. But. Well, I mean, I can throw steaks on it. I can throw fish on it. I can throw shrimp on it. I can do, okay. there's all kinds of stuff. <laughs> right on uh, but yeah
0: something else I did was uh, I helped the older daughter set up uh, for her science class she had to do a Rube Goldberg machine Oh,
1: those are so cool
0: and we got that set up and uh, because of all the COVID and this and that uh, yeah, normally they're supposed to work on it in groups and then yeah. when you film the thing everybody in the group has to be there but because of COVID, the teacher
1: gave. I was gonna some say that would be kind of hard to do with. Yeah,
0: so she gave us some alternate leniencies. So uh, as long as we could get everybody on a video chat and record everybody on the video chat, then that would suffice. That's good. That's good. So uh, she set it up. We it took. I was going to say, if I ever have to do something like this again, I looked it up online and I found there are uh, dominoes that you can buy that are on like race car track kind of things.
1: Oh, yeah. So you can just flip them. Yeah. You don't have
0: to like set them up and line them up and like they're just like when you start it, it's going to knock all of them down. Right. Guaranteed every time. Right. Uh, So if I ever have to do something like this again f a bunch of dominoes that's all i'm saying like i will i will spend the 30 bucks to buy this track system because oh talk about frustrating man
1: oh it was so frustrating uh because either but here's the thing that makes you appreciate the people that do them that don't have the little track thing that much more right i mean yeah yeah (laughs) because they set up like 3000 dominoes to go you know the length of whatever and you're like man those guys have got some patience
0: (laughs) yeah yeah he's like one wrong move and it's just like there they all go Yep. you're (laughs) like son of a mm." Uh, but yeah so we did the rube uh, we used a uh, Christmas wrapping paper tube as a ramp for a hot wheel car Nice. that was our starting momentum yeah and then that went down and crashed into the dominoes and knocked them over uh and then the dominoes fell off of a platform and landed in a catch bucket and the buck, the weight of that pulled a string that wrapped around a pulley and pulled a light switch up to turn on the light nice so, I mean it was a you know three step not a huge elaborate one, but it, but it got still a certain, though, i mean and it was enough of a pain anyway, and I gotta brag a little bit uh I filmed each individual attempt right using her phone and so she loves she's she loves doing like f- pictures and painting and and stuff like that she's creative she gets it from her mom okay yeah uh so for her birthday this year she got a new iPad and I got her a couple of apps to do digital art creation like she like she's got the paint brushes and the pencils oh, yeah. and yeah you know she can paint in there by hand And I got her a couple of video editing apps because she plays around with TikTok and stuff like that. So, uh, but I filmed all of the individual attempts and then she just had like seven or eight little videos. And then she used her apps that she got to edit the whole thing together and put like title cards on it and stuff. So I was really proud of her for that. Like she did a really good job with the, with she was patient with the dominoes. Yeah. Because there were several times where she would sit one down and it would tipple and like the whole <laughs> stack would go before we were ready. And she was getting frustrated, but she persevered, pushed through. And then good. the video editing, I was really impressed with. Like,
1: she did a really good job getting all that set up. So. Dude, that is Whatever. awesome. Yeah. That is awesome. Those hands-on projects like that for kids is I mean, it's not not just is it something that they're going to remember, but I mean, like you say, the whole pushing through right, you know, overcoming obstacles, you know, trial and error because you said it took like multiple tries before Oh yeah. So, I mean, all of that And that is one of the most wonderful teaching teaching tools that's out there is that hands on, you know, it's, it's, it's the real deal.
0: And for me, you know, just personally, it gave us, it gave me a chance to do something with her. Yeah. It's not an opportunity. I get a lot like, you know, she's a teenager. She, and you know, from my own past, when I was a teenager, all you want to do is stay in your room and talk to your friends. Right. You don't want to hang out with the parents. They're lame. Right. So, it, it, you know, I valued <laughs> that time that I got to spend with her uh, doing that. That's very cool. Yeah. And very, then one more big cool. thing that we got to talk about. Huge thing just happened. We had the American hand egg finals. The who? You know, the the guys with the little egg shaped thing and they throw it, but they call it football. Hand
1: egg. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. That sounded like all one word that <laughs> whenever you said the hand egg. I was like, what's hand egg? Hand egg, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. The, the, you know yeah. we had that little thing that happened, yeah, and it was I think one of our i, I want to say close to us local teams, it's the closest team to us, yes, it was actually in the big game, so yeah, um, they didn't do all that well, I guess they did okay because they it was did pretty well, uh, they
0: had a lead for major- for a long time, did they, yeah, yeah, they were in the lead for a long time it uh. There was just one, one I don't know, whatever you call it, series? Uh, one play? No, it was like a series. It was like 14 plays. Okay. But they just could not stop the Rams. Like, they just kept getting first down, first down, first down, first down, first down. And it wasn't like a big bomb. Everybody expected this Super Bowl was just going to be bomb, 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 30-yard pass, 50-yard pass. And it Never wasn't, huh? was Never happened. Not a single time. Everything was short and down in the mud, huh? It it was short plays. Yeah. Strong defense. That's good.
1: Um for the people that what that are watching the game, that's good. Cause I mean that that's the yeah. ones that keep you on the edge of your seat.
0: And it did. But yeah, it came down second half. The Rams just put together a drive. It just it like like I said, no big bombs, but just first down, first down, first down, first down. They found and the they fuel. Just...
1: They found the lane and they <laughs> had the fuel. And they got it all <laughs> the way to the end zone eventually.
0: Um and then the 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 Bengals just never they couldn't get back. They had a chance to get back to field goal position and I think they could have tied right. if they had but they, they couldn't get close enough for a field goal attempt. So <laughs> Yeah. But they I, tried and I gotta say, uh, you know, the, the biggest thing I always watched the Super Bowl for was the ads. And right. I wasn't too impressed with the ads this year, and one of them was like the lamest ad I've ever seen ever. Okay. It was literally, and I am not exaggerating, it was 30 seconds of a QR code. Bouncing around the screen. What? That was the entire ad. Do you know how much an ad costs for the Super Bowl? They're millions. Six and a half million dollars for a 30 second ad. This company paid $6.5 million to bounce a QR code around your TV for 30 seconds. Wow.
1: I heard that.
0: (laughs) It was the dumbest ad I've ever seen. I guess it worked because I'm talking about it, but still it was the stupidest ad I've ever seen. (sighs) They. it it was just a qr code like the last 2 seconds it popped up in the corner and said coinbase
1: so okay i was going to say i like i didn't i don't i'm not a football i don't and i don't I'm, i don't football even, guy that's
0: i tell you what this this is a i'm sorry to interrupt you but this was my big good. thing for that day i was like i was talking to a, a buddy of mine and i said dude i can't wait as soon as i get home the wife, she's having some of her girlfriends over. They're all going to sit and watch the game. I'm going to go in the kitchen and fix them all a big bunch of snacks. And then I'm going to go downstairs and watch something good on TV. <laughs> and I, did. I heard that <laughs> like when I got home, I almost themed it out. But I decided that was a little too over the top. But I made some real thick, meaty chili. Some of that Carol Shelby chili oh, that you turned me on good to. stuff. But I didn't. I made it like super, super thick. I didn't quite follow the directions. Made some chili cheese dip and chili dogs. Mm. that sounds really good. It. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I pat myself on the back. That turned <laughs> yeah. out real nice. Uh, I almost themed it out to do Cincinnati style chili, yeah, you
1: know, because of the you, bangles right, being yeah, there exactly. and all that. Yeah, yeah. I, I I decided that was a little too over top. Sorry, I interrupted you. Go oh, ahead. No, 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 you're good, you're good, you're good. No, I was, um, the, the whole, like I said, I'm not a football guy. I've never really have been. The last um, Super Bowl game that I watched was Raiders and Buffalo Bills back in the 90s. Like early 90s, it's been way, way back there. That's
0: that's been that I don't, yeah.
1: <laughs> so, yeah, and that was only because, like, the guy that I was kind of hanging around with at the time, like, some of my buddies, they were like, Yeah, we're gonna watch the Super Bowl, and I'm like, Okay, and I was hanging out with them, and that was really I was, I didn't care about the game, there was lots of Doritos and Mountain Dew there, so I was cool with that, right on. Um, but I this year, um, I've I've heard good, really good things not just about the game itself, but I've heard ga- good things about the halftime show. Um, that was a big deal this year for a lot of people. It yeah. really was. So we got we had a, a good lineup, a good '90s hip hop lineup. So you got Dr. Dre, yeah, Eminem,
0: mm-hmm. uh,
1: Snoop Dogg, yeah, Mary J. Blige, mm-hmm. and then Kendrick Lamar. I don't, I'm not sure who that I is. I'm not really sure who that is either. Uh, Fifty Cent, okay, was there. Um, is that everyone? I think that's everyone. I think Isn't that it? was everybody. So, I mean, that was all the big name. They had a was, bunch
0: of dancers and,
1: and yeah. a big show, but yeah, that was the main That was the main performance. Yeah. yeah. So I saw like a meme, like a, a day or two after that, that basically was said something like along the lines of, um, dear Mary J Blige, Snoop Dogg and Dre. 2022 needs to see this tour coming from a mom who is icing her back still (laughs) after dancing so much, you know, so it was, I thought that was kind of funny, but from what I gather, it was a really good performance. It was a solid performance. I enjoyed it.
0: Um, I was a little surprised Eminem was the only one that had like any kind of a political yeah, uh, caught me off guard. But the, I kind of thought Dre would the knee, the, the knee. Yeah. He came out, on, he came out on stage despite the NFL telling him do not do that. Right. He was kneeling when he opened up, uh, lose yourself.
1: Yep. And I was surprised that Dre or Snoop didn't. So the thing with Snoop is well, they said something about not wearing blue bandanas. Right, I, Cause I it's gang affiliation. So from what I gather, he made his entire suit out of blue bandanas. I I didn't pay attention. That's his whole outfit was blue bandanas. That's what it was made of. So I think it was kind of a a pushback just to the establishment in their own way without really being over the top.
0: Okay, fair enough. And something else I found out just today, a a little while ago, actually, I did not know this, and it kind of makes sense for them, you know, why they maybe would push back. Uh, The NFL doesn't pay them for those performances at all no no it's it's as something an, and, that they just do as uh, and as a matter of fact the nfl doesn't pay for the show itself so the backup dancers the sets the props
1: all of that comes from the artists
0: all of that is paid for by the artist right. dr dre footed almost seven million dollars yeah out of his own pocket to perform
1: the halftime show? That's the thing. With with the halftime show, that's a huge stage. You've got how many people watching. Well, and there's yeah. a lot of hype around it. So, I mean, not only... Yeah, I can see where it, it's a promotional move for them as well. And, of course, these people are are giants in the industry. So they don't really necessarily need to make that kind of a political or that kind of a promotional move. But still, I mean, it puts them back in the spotlight. And here we are talking about them and it's been a, a week or so later, you know? Yeah,
0: okay. I'm sorry. I don't. Yes. Th- okay. They don't need the money, but for the NFL not to even pay for the set. Yeah. And yeah. no reimbursement to the artists. And it's not like they're not making money. Right. It's like, it's not like the NFL's not making money. Hello, six and a half million dollars per 30 second <laughs> commercial, which right. they aired yeah. probably 35 to 50 minutes of commercials. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm not that good at math, but. That's a bunch. <laughs> that's a whole lot of millions of dollars. <laughs> so I think they could have afforded to give them a little something, at least pay for the set.
1: Yeah. They really could have. I mean, and they, like, they, I didn't they know that. really should. But yeah, yeah, I think I had heard that at some point you know, over the years. But yeah.
0: Crazy, crazy, crazy.
1: I want to yeah. say maybe they, I heard that whenever they had the Janet uh, oh, malfunction. Wardrobe malfunction. Wardrobe, yeah, wardrobe mm-hmm. malfunction. It seems like they had said, said something about, you know, because of of them not paying for blah, blah, blah. You know, any fines or anything that might have happened would go to the artist, not necessarily the NFL. So, I know. Anyway. Yeah. All right.
0: So I just want to say another thing here is I'm glad that we started off with the singing bowl and kind of a special nod to uh, relaxation mm-hmm. and Tranquility uh, because I think this thing right here that we're fixing to talk about is probably not going to be a great topic for my <laughs> mental health. Um,
1: I'm just going to so. say we, w- this is one of those where we've waited in the water for quite some time and we're right. about to jump in. We're about to find the deep spots, I think.
0: All right. Well, so let's, I'll let you kick it off. Kind of.
1: Okay. So uh, Couple of weeks ago, two to three weeks ago, um, I was listening to the 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 radio station and um, eating my breakfast when I started hearing all of this uproar about a specific podcaster and the the platform that he is his, his he is exclusively part of and an artist leaving that. That um, platform, because of some of the things that this podcaster has has said, some very controversial things. Of course, we're talking about Joe Rogan, Neil Young, and Spotify, right? Um, and this this is one of those things. Where I, like I was as I was sitting there listening to this, I was like, okay, this is not important. This is good. this is a drop. This is a drop in the bucket because we've heard of of these kind of things so many times over the years and for so long now that it's 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 almost i'm almost desensitized to it it's almost numbing but this specific situation has snowballed and i was like okay after you know that initial article that, that that i heard i was like Okay, that's no big deal. The next, like, a day or two later, I was like, oh, wait a minute, there's more people that are jumping on the bandwagon here. This is not just a little thing. This is something big. And then I, I, I wrote you, I think, at this point and was like, okay, we need to talk about this. We need to – this is something – have you heard about this or something? I don't even right. remember what what I said, but I was like, this This isn't a topic that – it's bigger than just this right now. It's bigger than just Joe Rogan and Neil Young and Spotify and like i said we've walked through this a little bit over the over the years that we've been doing this now because it's been a couple of years two two to three now that we've been doing this um but we've never really addressed it like full-on addressed it so i think we need to shake it down now and to do so, we're—I don't think we're going to be able to hit it in one episode. This is probably going to be something we're going to have to talk about over the next three or four, maybe even. Yeah, it's going to take a few.
0: Yeah, this—this this definitely, we can't hammer all this out in one episode. And no. before we get too deep into a thing, uh, real quick, some news: uh, we are now over two thousand downloads.
1: What? Yeah. Thank you, listeners. Thank you, everybody. Thank you listeners. Give yourselves a pat on the back or a yeah. hand. Yeah. Yay.
0: Thank you all so much for oh. the support. Uh it makes us feel good yeah. to think that people are Give listening. a crap. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so thank you.
0: Uh but yeah, we uh we just rolled over 2000 downloads uh a couple weeks ago, I think. Sweet. The last episode pushed us over, so.
1: Nice, nice, nice. Yeah. Thanks everybody. Yes. Thank you, thank you. But yeah.
0: So, yeah, Joe Rogan, Spotify, Neil Young, and I got to say, honestly, when I heard the thing about Neil Young, I think I had pretty much the same reaction as Spotify did. So, okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right, whatever, well, old man. Yeah.
1: But you've got uh, a heart of gold, bud. Go on. <laughs> oh, man. Look at my. No. <laughs> but I found out something
0: that kind of makes me understand why he feels so passionately about it. Yeah. Uh, so, what we're talking about, and, in case you've been under a rock and you don't know, Joe Rogan is in a lot of hot water right now for spreading misinformation and disinformation about COVID-19 and encouraging people not to get vaccinated and not to wear masks. Um, and that's causing a lot of stir and controversy. Uh, but I found out, uh, just recently that there's a very good reason why Neil Young came to Spotify and was like him or me. Um, He suffers from polio. Oh, yeah. And he had he gotten the polio vaccine, he may not have the health issues that he has currently. Right. So he feels very strongly about About
1: vaccination, about
0: vaccination. Yeah. So I didn't know any of that until just very recently. So, wow. Yeah.
1: I knew he was. I mean, he's been a political figure. Oh yeah, you know, I mean, his entire life, everything that he's ever done has been, you know, political. So, I, I, I didn't necessarily know that he had he had those those issues, but I knew that, you know, being an activist, it, his name didn't surprise me. Right. Whenever I heard, oh well, it's it's Neil Young that's saying this, I was like, okay, he, you know, he's still making a stand even after all of these years, which I mean, this is it's really cool. Um, and he's been joined by others. Um. So and right. we'll get into that a little bit later, but we want to start with where this all started. What 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 was the right. issue? Right.
0: Yeah, because yeah. to me, this whole thing with Joe Rogan and the controversy and the push back and forth is not the problem. No, this this is a symptom of the problem. Um, It's it's the most current populist recognition
1: of the problem it's where the spotlight is shining this moment yeah yeah i don't know how
0: to, yeah it's it's where everybody's looking right now and it's kind of the highlight issue that points to the problem
1: <sighs> yeah i don't know how to say this <laughs> no i mean you're, you're absolutely right um so the issue itself is 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 bigger than just him it's bigger than 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 neil young it's bigger than spotify it's bigger than all of this and right. it is this spread of disinformation and misinformation and it's across the board right um he is simply like i say like i say, he has said a few things and he he did a few things um that drew a lot of ire from this one artist and then suddenly it became a big deal because when Neil Young basically said, you know, it's either him or me, Spotify has exclusive rights to Joe Rogan's podcast. They, he's, he is, right. he's, he, they, they own that. I mean, it's their, I don't want to say they own that. That platform has the exclusive rights to him. So, right. um, You cannot listen to Joe Rogan anywhere else other than on Spotify. Right. Um, and then what, his YouTube channel, you get nope. little clips, but it's only little clips, not the full episodes. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, um. So yeah if you want to listen to joe rogan you have to listen to him on spotify and then of course like you said spotify was like okay neil young big deal but it 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 drew enough attention and other people were like you know this is not right um that people started dropping their subscriptions to spotify over this yeah um and at that point spotify was like you know what this is hitting us where it hurts which is the wallet and it's what it's kind of all about um it's what it's always all it's been about. Always, you find you know follow the money, right? Yeah. So, um, like I say, he's the current symptom, yeah. but we've seen this happen so many times. I mean, if you want to go all the way back to looking at people like Howard Stern, um, Rush Limbaugh, it um, just these these people that are over the top, and I don't want to say necessarily that are always spreading misinformation or disinformation but are so extreme in what they're doing they cause controversy they cause a stir and in this specific situation it's becoming dangerous because of the misinformation and disinformation
0: potentially yeah 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 I i don't know that anyone has died from it no. But if people take his advice and don't get vaccinated and don't wear masks and don't protect themselves, the possibility is there. There is a possibility there that somebody could die. All right. So, following his advice. Who is Joe Rogan, right? Do you know anything uh, yeah. about the guy?
1: Do you know uh, much about him?
0: But- I know more about him right now than I ever have, uh, but yeah, I mean, even before all this, I was a semi Joe Rogan fan. He's one of the main commentators for UFC. Yep. He's a stand-up comic. I know him in both of those worlds. He was on. Uh, he had his own TV show, Joe Rogan questions everything. Yep. Uh,
1: which gives me some insight that I will talk about later. Uh, I didn't. I. I mean, I, I've. I don't listen to his podcast or anything like that. And I, I have listened enough. to some of his podcasts. A few years ago, yeah, not lately. Yeah, I see. I had never listened to him, but I kept seeing pictures of him, and I'm like, I know this guy from somewhere. And what I knew him from was Fear Factor. He was the right. host of Fear Factor. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, he was. He's there. Um, like say, stand up comic and um, UFC and all of that kind of stuff. I think he's even. He's even had some like cameo appearances in movies and things like that. Oh great. yeah, loads. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah, he's he's a very popular dude, and he's been around. Like his all of this has started. Um, I want to say early uh, two thousands, two thousand nine, I think is or is whenever he was. Um, he launched his podcast on UStream. I, I think it was running since two thousand two. Before that, on you or um, YouTube, I have no idea. Um, so yeah, and then. Up to this point, like he's he's had all of these other endeavors and he always go, goes back to the podcast because that's where the bread and butter is for him. He, that's the most popular thing he's done.
0: Well, I mean, he's so he's also prolific. Like the reason I stopped listening to his podcast was because you couldn't listen to anything else if you were trying to listen to him. Really? He would put out 28 hours of podcast material every day. <laughs> and you're like,
1: how? How, Joe Rogan? How? How do you talk that much? I mean, if you add in things like commercials. <laughs> no, this is just no, his I'm, talking. I know. Like, I'm it's insane. Like,
0: like, legitimately, there were days where he would put out eight hours of material. That's insane. Yeah. Every day. Like, he he there is no break. Every single day, he puts out a podcast. And then sometimes he if there was a ufc fight he would have his regular podcast and then he would do a podcast about the ufc fight and then he would do a podcast with some of the fighters i mean he so there's like some days where he would have like three podcasts in a day dude is hardcore he he is he's hardcore on everything he's extreme fitness freak yeah he he himself is a fairly accomplished UFC fighter,
1: or not UFC? Sorry, I was gonna say he did said the, MMA fighter. What I've seen, he's, he said he never. They ne- he was always into martial arts, but he never really went in the ring. Much. Yeah, no, so he's maybe a, like exhibition fights or something. Yeah, but. he's.
0: I don't think he's ever done like a, a card fight on a big promotion. Yeah, but I, I I said UFC. I meant MMA fighter. Yeah, well, yeah,
1: he
0: he, he has fought, but not like a big deal. Fight. Right, and he trains a lot with pro fighters. Like he, George, I wouldn't want to see, meet him in a dark alley and try to mug him. No, like George, uh, George St. Pierre had Joe Rogan come to one of his training camps to show him how to do a certain kind of kick. Oh, that's cool. I mean, you know, UFC uh, middleweight, middleweight or welterweight? I don't remember, but like four-time champion George St. Pierre said, Hey, Joe, can you come up and show me how to do this kick because you're the best at it?
1: That's that's awesome.
0: I mean, you know, when you got a, champ, a world champion telling you that you're the best, it, you know, he's not a slouch.
1: No, but and he's and the thing is too, because of I think because of his work ethic and how hardcore he goes at everything, he draws people to him. I mean, he has had some huge, huge, huge people that's on his oh, on yeah. his podcast. I yeah. mean, they'll sit down across from him and um, he had. Uh, He's had Elon, Elon Musk. <laughs> I mean, um, Neil deGrasse Tyson's been on there. Jay yeah. Leno's been on there. Um, and then he also, unfortunately, draws in some of the the fringe, you know, Alex Jones's mm-hmm. of the world mm-hmm. and things like that as well. I think he actually had Alex Jones on uh, a few times. A few times. And that's that's kind of, I think, where the – honestly, I think that's where the, the hill began for him. The slippery slope began.
0: No, 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 no. He has always had a tendency – towards the extreme and okay. everything and that and like his work ethic his, i mean he's one of those people that is obsessive okay like and that i think it's just his personality and i think it's th- this and if you go back and look at his career you can see a progression a slow steady progression okay. of extremism like it just it's just it's there it's always been there it's just getting more and more pronounced okay Okay, um, that's but, fair yeah. enough. Uh, so, but but what leads to people being this way? Like how how do people become so extreme in their beliefs, one way or the other, entrenched? Like, like yeah, how do we get into these uh, polar opposite, deadlocked, death or life struggles over? what's better
1: chocolate or vanilla like I, you know it's it's no longer just my opinion and your opinion it is this is the way it is right if you disagree with me
0: you're wrong you're wrong and and you do, don't deserve to breathe
1: yeah it yeah
0: like i don't understand so where where do we get how do we get to that point What what leads us to these types of uh opposing viewpoints being held so strongly and i think it boils down to a few different major phenomena that have happened and i would say even to put a timeline on it i would say most of this has occurred within probably the last 30 years and you know
1: what you're absolutely right
0: if I you know somewhere in that time frame, I would say it started in about the late eighties to early nineties mm-hmm. is where it all kicked off you're right, and it's been progress- it's like rogan's career it has been progressively worse since then, yes, and there have been moments of rapid acceleration in yes. this and and then moments where it has slowed down but I think it's been pretty steadily worsening since about that time frame.
1: I watched an an interesting documentary. Um, This has been a couple of weeks ago, three weeks ago, four weeks ago, something like that, right around Christmas break, New Year's, something like that. And it was um, the, the documentary was like a four or five part series called 1989, the year that changed everything. Right. And I haven't seen this
0: documentary. That was just my own personal yeah. pulling of a, a time frame out. You, that no, I you are right.
1: you are dead on. Um and what it is is you have things like the fall of the Berlin Wall. Right. You have the invent uh or the the accelerated dispersal of um people being able to access the internet and share information f- right. more freely. Um you have um, the cultural change on television going from um, scripted and um, how should, how should I say this? We go from scripted to more reality-based television with things like Mari Povich and um, Jerry Springer and you know these these people. Right. Um, and you have um, the dot-com boom, which punches a bunch of money into a lot of places that it didn't have before. So there was a lot of things that just took place 89 through pretty much 99 that set the stage for things like where we are now. Right. And you're right. I mean, you were absolutely right when you say the last 30 years. Um, there are studies being done now that are, are we're, they're looking at how we interpret a generation and a culture and a time, you know, a specific time period because we no longer have this track, this linear track of time that we are looking at where we have to say, okay, if I wanted to go back and look at the fifties, I have to go backward. Now they're saying it's more like this, this field that has everything and we just can pluck what we want, when we want, how we want and it's changing our entire the way we look at everything, because we no longer have this linear thing where we have to, we where we're traveling along it. We are we are now just part of it, as everything. Hmm. It's interesting. It's a very interesting theory that that there, that's out there. But anyway, sounds like an episode of Doctor
0: Who with uh, where he <laughs> says, uh, "Wibbly wobbly, timey wimey stuff." That's exactly right.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh. Yeah. So yeah, but I mean it's it's it, what it's done is it's created a vortex and at the center of that is I mean all of this 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 darkness that that is spreading. <laughs> right. So there there are a few things and I'm
0: not gonna, I'm, I'm sure I'm missing something uh but to me uh some of the biggest things that have led to where we are today uh basically can boil down to one entity known as the internet. Yes. Um, it was supposed to be this great hope for the world. Uh, it's supposed to give humanity the ability for anyone, anywhere at any time to access all of human knowledge openly and freely. Yes. To be able to, you know, the, the that's been the, the, the speech for, hundreds of years is you know to oppress a people you have to keep them ignorant ignorant. yeah (laughs) so education and information is the way to enlighten people and open them up and bring them to power
1: and the individual power and the internet was supposed to be that source
0: the, the internet was supposed to be the vehicle that that drove us to everyone on an equal footing with the knowledge with the power to make educated informed decisions that was the um that was the tech optimists theory and i i am a tech optimist like i'm not one of those people that typically looks at something and thinks about how it can be abused to harm people like you know i don't think i don't think when uh sir was it Tim Berners Lee invented the internet? Right, that's the guy that kind of developed the, so, yes. the backbone of the technology. Uh, I don't think he thought about how the internet could be abused to harm people. He was thinking about this great way to share information, to bring knowledge to the masses, to share yep. and open humanity. I just, it just didn't happen.
1: Well, it did happen, it, but I was that's say, that's it, the problem. It, so there, it was it was like a candle in the wind, literally. It was one of those things that there was light and then the wind became so strong and so big that I mean, the information was out there and it was being pushed, but right. there was so much think, other stuff.
0: I think that's I think that's what. I, yeah, that's that's where I was trying maybe it's it's an equal access to all information.
1: Good, bad, indifferent.
0: Right. The internet doesn't care. It doesn't vet. No. It doesn't certify. It doesn't fact check. Nope.
1: It just it serves
0: least, up the information.
1: Yeah, you're right. It does. It's it's an access point. Right. And I think that's part of
0: the problem and why I say in the last 30 years is because of the internet. Like one of the biggest things before that is if you wanted to know something... Chances are uh, you got your information from just a few sources. It was either the nightly news on TV, mm-hmm. which there were three, basically three channels in the whole country.
1: ABC, NBC, CBS. You had like, you know what,
0: <laughs> Tom Brokaw, Peter Jennings, and guys like that. Yeah. Uh, Howard Cosell, right? Yeah. When not he a big um, dude? I don't know. Um,
1: Walters. Walter Cronkite. Uh, yeah, Walter Cronkite. Yeah,
0: yeah. You, you know, that's where everybody got your news everybody had one or two sources of information yeah so you had a shared base of knowledge and it was
1: and the way it was delivered was different as well
0: right everything well okay so that's tv if you want print you had like the new york times the washington post the san francisco chronicle
1: or your local paper
0: right and again it's the same the same principle applies to all of these Is that anything, any information released on those media, whether it be print or television or whatever, that information has to be vetted. Somebody has to go and make sure that that information is correct and accurate. They can't just say whatever they want to say just to say it. Somebody has to fact check and make sure that what they are claiming is true.
1: That's not the case anymore not even close. That's just, there is no case in point. This right here, right? We could say anything we want. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I could say that the sky is purple.
1: We can push any idea that we want. Right. No one is standing behind me getting ready to smack me in the back of the head because I've said something that is not true.
0: Right. There is no filter between my mouth and whoever downloads this and listens ears. Right. There is no arbiter between there that's going to listen to this first and say, well, that's not true. You can't say that. Yeah. Uh, whatever I say, anybody that wants to listen to me and go find my podcast can listen. And they can believe or disbelieve anything right. you say. Right. It's up to the individual person. There is no, there is no editor. Right. There is no fact check department. There is no, <laughs> there's not that person in between. Um. So I think that's the core I think that is the central core is this open access to all information with no arbiter. there's no fact checking, no nothing. It's just it's, here's the information, yeah. it's up to you to figure out if it's accurate or inaccurate uh, i think but I think that is the core at the center of it that's where everything else in here stems from, and we got a few. <laughs> <laughs> so, one of the first, um, one of the first things to me, I guess, would be uh, that that really accelerated this recently. Would be uh, a twofold kind of a problem. It's social media, um, with various companies and organizations, right? Uh, and and mostly it's when those groups, those companies decided to start allowing computer programs to, uh, organize their content
1: automatically. Right. At that point, you go from having all of this information out there that you can go out and gather and you physically have to search for. It now is be- becoming spoon fed to you because you have clicked and stayed or looked at this specific li- um, link or this video for X number of minutes. So it goes, Ooh, you like this. Right. Now let me tell you there's seven others over here that are similar. Let's see if you like those as well. Right. And then you start clicking through those and they go, Oh, you like those as well. Whether you do or not, and then suddenly you have oh each one of them has 30 more that they so you start down this uh, spiral and as instead of getting smaller it gets larger yeah so you you start small and you get bigger with this this information that's out there it's crazy um yeah. and they they're they're basically telling you're feeding you what you want it's what they think you
0: want. And here, here's the problem. So these, these computer decisions that are being made are being made by a, a small type of programming, a small type of machine learning. It's commonly referred to as an algorithm. So if you've heard that word, that's what that is. An algorithm is a piece of computer code designed to make decisions. So there's an example of a, a thought experiment like what we do kind of with the, the pig that wants to be eaten. There's this thought experiment called the paperclip maximizer. Okay. It's not a real thing. It's just a thought experiment. And it talks about what a computer program or what they call an artificial general intelligence or AI. Most people would commonly call it AI, like a true AI, a general intelligence. It's, it's it's able to make its own decisions, uh, with based on various stimulus. It's not like a lot of AI, like, in your phone. AI is not a true general intelligence. It's an artificial intelligence that's been designed with one very specific task. And that's all it can do. So the paperclip maximizer is basically uh, a thought experiment where they design and build this computer operated machine that is told to make the most number of paperclips in the universe. Like that's all it's, it's whole goal is to just make paperclips. Uh, which With, seems seems so innocent, right? Just make, it's pay, just going to paper make paperclips, clips. no th- uh, but nothing the, at all. But the no. problem is, it's it's how it shows how a entity this 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 artificial general intelligence uh, optimizes without sharing the mix of human values that we would naturally assume anything that we develop would would have. So it's. It, it doesn't have those pressures for our thought processes and it's not, hasn't been specifically programmed to be kind to humans. So if it's only goal is to make the most number of paperclips it can, it's, it's going to be just as dangerous as if it was designed to actually kill people because it will take every resource on the planet and use it to make paperclips. We won't have food. We won't have water. We won't have anything. This thing is going to make the most number of paperclips it can. And that's the problem when a lot of these companies like Facebook and YouTube are the two biggest examples. They're the two probably most influential companies. Uh, I don't know if you were on early enough, but I was on Facebook early enough that I can remember when your timeline Mm -hmm. only consisted of the people you directly followed yeah, and the things that they posted in chronological order. Absolutely. I remember that. So if it, it was just that, and that's all it was, it was the people I followed posted in chronological order. So if I wanted to find something that Mr. Ham posted yesterday, I had to scroll down through everything that was posted today and, and find to yesterday, stuff. and then yes. I could find Mr. Ham's post. That's they, not the way it is today. That's not the way it is today because they decided to go with an algorithmic-based newsfeed. And they have found that people will stay on the site longer uh, under certain conditions. And they have programmed this algorithm to meet those conditions. Those conditions, regardless of what the harm is to the users. Again, we'll go into all this stuff in great detail later. But that's the first big thing is algorithmic decision making, uh, specifically, typically speaking, on social media platforms. Right. What these companies want is to make money. How they make money is by keeping you on their website. How they keep you on your website is interesting you in their content. One of the biggest ways to get people to stay is through Outrage. So, they will continually express to you content that outrages you so that you will stay engaged longer on their site.
1: Yep.
0: It's crazy. That's just how it it, works.
1: Yeah.
0: So, algorithms have pushed extremism. Yep. That's what they do because their only goal is engagement. It doesn't care that it's destroying the fabric of our country, the fabric of our society, not just our country, the fabric of our societies globally. Doesn't care. As long as people are on that website, clicking those links,
1: that's all it cares about.
0: It's happy. That's one of the biggest things. Now, those algorithms have led us into other things such as like. Uh, echo chambers and confirmation bias.
1: Yes. So once you are in this feed effectively in one of your social medias um, and you've clicked something, these echo chambers that, that he just mentioned are going to start um, feeding you various, um, I guess, pages or other links that's going to enhance what you believe um, you're, you say, okay, I believe, say, you know, the sky is blue and then it says, well, it's a shade of blue specific. And then it's, it keeps going and keeps going and keeps going until eventually everything around you is, is telling you this, this one thing, whether it's true, or whether it's not. So these echo chambers do this. They, they, they are personalized based on your specific clicks and, and what you do, um, now, the bad thing, of course, about an echo chamber is it limits how you, your exposure to other things, especially things that are not necessarily something that you agree with other people's opinions, something that might change your view. So it limits that exposure and that can be extremely, uh, bad, especially considering that, I mean, these echo chambers are designed specifically to keep you on that platform even longer.
0: Right. I mean, if you're in an echo chamber, all you're going to hear is your own echo. That's right. So you're only going to hear the things you're saying.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I love this. And um, so yeah, is it, uh, the, like the first definition of an echo chamber mm-hmm. is, is an enclosed space where sound reverberates. It's all it is. It's you're hearing the same thing over and over. It's your, your own, right. what, what you, be, your beliefs, right? Um, the second one is an environment in which a person encounters only beliefs or opinions that coincide with their own so that their ex- ex- existing views are reinforced and alternative ideas are not even considered. Right. And that's, so, that's the
0: one we're interested in. That's for the our topic. Yeah, absolutely.
1: Uh, yeah. Um, so the echo chambers are something that happen in these algorithms simply because that's what it's designed to do. It's designed to throw more things that you like at you.
0: Right. And it pushes you further into a stronger holding of that belief because all you're seeing and hearing is the same thing. That is where you get this confirmation bias. Right. And that's, yeah, that's so where that th- starts coming.
1: In. Yeah. So then at the, eventually that echo chamber becomes confirmation bias. No longer are you clicking on these links and they're saying, oh, okay, yes, I agree with you. I agree with you. I agree with you. At this point, now you are um, being told that this, this information not only is something that you agree with, but it is absolutely true. It's confirming what you believe, whether that is true or whether it is not.
0: Right. And now I'm going to read the definition of a confirmation bias because I did bring this up last episode or a couple episodes ago talking about confirmation bias and the way people search for things. Right. So a confirmation bias is your tendency to search for, interpret, favor, and recall information in a way that confirms your prior beliefs and values so not only is it just a reinforcement of your beliefs you begin to subconsciously even when like i said before when you're google searching you don't google search you know facts about covid you google search you know okay so you won't google search like facts about vaccines you'll google search will the vaccine cause infertility yeah does COVID vaccine cause infertility? Does COVID vaccine
1: do this? Those so are those are specific. Those the, are those confirmation biases that are built into your search. Right.
0: Those are those are biases built into your search that you don't even realize because when you search for something like that, Google is going to find results that mention what you're searching for. So if you're asking, does this cause infertility? it's going to find results that say, infertility. Yeah. yeah. So it's going to it's going to confirm had, your bias towards the fact that the vaccines are harmful just based on the way you searched. And and I think this is one of the most devious of the things that happens because you don't even realize sometimes people I mean, I'm not talking negatively about anybody. I have done this. I have not been aware of my own bias influencing the information I'm receiving. Absolutely. Like I'm, it's, it's, it's I'm not slamming anybody for this. Like <laughs> it, it can happen to everyone. And does not
1: can, it does happen. Yeah. To it, everyone. yeah it
0: will happen to everyone, but I'm yes. like, it, it's, it's just one
1: of those things. And again, and to, re- here's the, here's the thing too. Okay. So to consciously know that this is happening, it's, it is a mental exercise to try to remove that bias oh definitely yeah i mean big time because and i don't even want to say you almost have to search for the opposite of what you're looking for you have to get to the basic the basic structure of what the information is which is uh, it that that it's hard to do it is very hard to do
0: right so one of the one of the things i just I wanna read, this is from the confirmation bias uh, thing, and I think it says it well, probably better than I can in my own words. Uh, People display these bias when they select information that supports their views, ignore contrary information, or when they interpret ambiguous evidence as supporting to their beliefs. Uh, It is strongest for desired outcomes for emotionally charged issues, or deeply entrenched beliefs. You cannot entirely eliminate confirmation bias, but you can manage by education, training, and critical thinking skills. So, I mean, that right there says it. Like, you cannot eliminate confirmation bias as hard as you want to try. It's there. It's part of human nature. But it takes a lot of, I mean, it takes hard work. It takes education. It takes training yourself. And you have to constantly apply critical thinking everywhere. And that is
1: hard. (laughs) It's very hard. (laughs) Yes, it is. Absolutely. And what makes that so hard is a lot of times the information that is being fed to us. Right when, when we have made those searches, once we have been in our echo chamber, once we have confirmation bias that we've stuck in Google and searched, um, now we have results. And we have to be able to look at those results and determine, is this fact, is it not? Whether or not it goes it 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 is something that we see and we know that it's true and we agree with it or it is something that we see and it disproves something that we believe um and at that point we i mean it's one of the hardest things i guess for people to do is to look in and go okay i was wrong there and move on and with new information and and change an outlook or change the way that you think um and unfortunately, because the internet is such a vast landscape and has all of this information that's out there, and there is no arbiter, and there's no filter, and there's no, um, no fact checker that's out there, there's information out there that is, one, true, two, fact checked, and then there's things like misinformation. Right. or disinformation and there's a difference between these two right i mean yeah. there's a big difference between these two um first and foremost when you're looking at information make sure it comes from a credible source and we'll talk about credible sources at a later date we'll right. talk about you know what types of um information is out there you know the sources and how to determine whether or not they are credible or whether they're not um but when you're out there looking at it, there should be some red flags that goes up for anyone that looks at information, specifically um, something that's what we see in in mainstream media or social media, and what would possibly be controversial or something that is political, specifically something that's political. These kinds of things, you almost know that there's going to be misinformation or disinformation out there because people are in those ruts. They're entrenched and they're those beliefs are being put out there without the filter. So right. let's talk a little bit about what these two things are. Misinformation. What is it? False information that is spread regardless of intent to mislead. That's the definition of misinformation. Right. Now, that means that the information that's out there is just wrong. They're not necessarily saying that this is something that we want to use against someone or or we're not trying to mislead you.
0: Right. It's just wrong. And, and there have been times when I have been a source of misinformation. I think
1: everyone has. I you think- know,
0: that's when you think something and you tell somebody else like, you know, hey, did I just uh, an example? This isn't true, but just saying like, you know, hey, did you hear that that uh,
1: Samuel Jackson died? Uh, yeah, I mean no. I go wait a minute. Now he's 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 fine. I think your TMZ got that wrong, <laughs> right. or you know whoever. But, but
0: I have said things like that in the past, yeah. thinking that I has had heard the news. I'll tell and you one. Of the, you want
1: to know the one that I thought was wrong? The most sure. recently. Yeah. What's that? Betty White. Betty White. Oh, Whenever right. I heard that, my wife called me and she goes, I just heard Betty White died. And I was like, nah, that's not right. I was like, she's got a 100th birthday that's coming up in just like a few right. days. So, no, that's wrong. Don't. That's not right. So, what did I do immediately? I got on Google and I searched Betty White died. What come up? A couple of, I can think, think, variety and TMZ. And I was like, yeah, I don't really know if I want to put much stock in those because those guys have been wrong before and then i was like well okay let me turn on my media source which was uh one of the major outlets major news networks and i sit there and let, let it just play i didn't really i wasn't really paying all that much attention to it but it took nearly an hour and a half before they actually said okay we wanted to make sure this was correct before we broadcast right. this so and they fact checked exactly exactly they fact checked and they go okay we have terrible news and you know and i was like oh crap right so you know this is one of those things M- misinformation does get out there right and i'm just saying
0: i have been a source of misinformation misinformation doesn't necessarily have to be a bad thing y- you could be a mistaken yeah, it's not – th- there's could, no harm that is right. intended. It's it. It's done with that. regardless of intent, which means you can make a false statement not knowing it was a false statement. You have no intent. It's still misinformation. You are still spreading information that is not accurate.
1: Right. And that's all it is. It's just right. inaccurate information. That's
0: all it is. That's all misinformation is. Okay. And
1: it, it does – I mean, it's out there. Okay. So – right unfortunately there's also disinformation right. which is false information um and it is specifically and deliberately misleading or biased information it's a manipu it's a manipulated narrative um of facts it's a, a good word that i see on here uh, is propaganda um it's something right. basically that strengthens a belief or a a a fact, a, a and I'm air quoting, you guys can't see me, a fact um, without with with the intent to make the audience believe it with and, and the people that are, I shouldn't say the people, but it, we know that it's not true or that it's it isn't, you know, I don't even right. know. I'm, I'm stumbling over my words here. OK, so <laughs> disinformation
0: is largely credited uh, to Joseph Stalin. The, okay. the 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 word disinformation i don't know about the you know the practice but the word is largely credited to joseph stalin and it was a tactic of his to deliberately spread false information about political rivals
1: oh. to hold
0: himself in power and he had a special sorry i'm trying to find it okay and I apologize to the one person I know who probably doesn't listen to this podcast but speaks Russian. Uh, it it is often believed to be a loan translation of the Russian <laughs> desinformatatsiya desinformatatsiya. Uh it's derived from the title of a KGB black propaganda department. Um a defector from stalin-era russia uh, claimed that joseph stalin himself coined the term and deliberately gave it a french sounding name so that he could claim that it was a western origin Uh, and they began to use this type of tactic with special disinformation office in 1923 and all of and and the word disinformation was defined in the great Soviet it's great Soviet encyclopedia in nineteen fifty-two as false information with the intention to deceive public opinion. So that
1: says it so all right there. That's that's all of it right there. It, it, no, I mean it, right there. That quote false information with the intent to deceive public opinion. Right. That is the source knows it's false. Right. They are spewing it they're putting it out there knowing that they are deceiving someone right and swaying their the 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 belief in their favor or in the favor of their ideas exactly so misinformation and disinformation are out there in spades (laughs) well yeah and the (laughs) they're two they're two
0: different types of thing but they're both the same thing they're both false or incorrect information yes um it's just one of them is unknowingly or unwittingly shared and the other one is deliberately created with the intent to mislead yes uh so it's it's uh
1: that's what it is and unfortunately uh, because we have been able to um access all of this information. And because we're able to share information freely now and have been now for the last 25 plus years, I should say, because realistically I want to say it was with the advent of AOL. That was when really, whenever the America got its hands wrapped around um, access to the internet. And at that point we really started being able to share our ideas. Um, So from, for the past 25 years, we have had all of this information that has been being dumped into this giant bucket. And no one has gone through and weeded out what's bad information or misinformation well, or disinformation. And that's fine, that's, that's, yeah. it's out there. Okay. Um, I don't think someone should, honestly. Because, again, who am I to say what you should believe? Or the information that you should have access to. I think it should be a responsible thing that people do. It's one of the things we're going to get into. Exactly. I disagree a little bit
0: there. (laughs) You think it should be policed a little bit? I mean, okay, so, all right, First Amendment guarantees freedom of speech from oppression by the government. Right. By the government people, okay? The federal government cannot inhibit your ability to speak. Right. Okay. Government. All right. Now. There are exceptions to the First Amendment. Yes. You can't go into a crowded theater and shout fire. No, because it can cause harm to others. Because it can cause harm to others. Yeah. Just like in certain situations, I think.
1: libel and. and, um, Libel speech. Yep. Written as slander. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But,
0: But also, I feel like, you know, if you're going around telling people that vaccines are dangerous, don't get vaccinated, you're young and strong and virile, you don't need it that's a danger to people
1: yeah because yeah you're right
0: we'll get into all that later but i'm just saying like when it comes to interests of public health and safety i think our government could stand to have a slightly larger role
1: okay i think i think we can get we can
0: we can go with that but those are the problems right and I know you guys are probably thinking, wow, you droned on about that forever. But believe me, we're just scratching the surface here. Yes. Our next two, three episodes, maybe four episodes, we're going to take a deep, deep dive into these things that we've laid out to get to the bottom of why we're at a place where somebody like Joe Rogan is the center of all national media. (laughs) Yeah. So hopefully you stay tuned with us hopefully you give us a listen for the next few episodes hopefully somebody will actually reach out and talk to us on one of the various multitude of platforms that we're on um such as facebook you could give us a holler on facebook facebook.com slash groups slash two minds podcast
1: you can always find this episode and all of our other hes- episodes on our host site two minds dot com, and of course we have mirror sites. Spotify. You need to search Jason Claywell or Jeremy Ham in pro- uh, parentheses, um, and other quotation marks. I'm sorry, yeah, in quote. <laughs> sorry, in quotation marks. Um, or you can um, search your what whichever podcast your supplier. podcatcher of choice. Yeah, right? your podcatcher of choice. Uh, also, if you want to talk to
0: us but don't want to do so publicly, shoot us an email, twomindspodcast at gmail.com. And That's always monitored. Yeah. Uh, you can also tweet at us on the Twitter machine, at twomindspodcast.
1: We're available there as well. And th- this episode and all of our up- other episodes have been dropped on Facebook. Um, we always put links to the, to it on Facebook. Right. You know, if you want to shoot us a just a quick comment or a message underneath that that you want to share publicly go for it i mean we would love to hear those or see those
0: yeah yeah you can and yeah you can if you want to talk just about that episode go to that episode's post on facebook and give us a a comment there you can also do it on our hosting site podbean yeah Uh, you can go there and there's a comment section under each episode if you want to drop a comment there and like i said if you don't want to do it publicly dm us on twitter shoot us an email. Yeah, however you want to get in touch, we'd love yeah. to hear from you.
1: Yep. So,
0: awesome dude. Man, we've we've got a lot to cover. Yeah, it's going to be a, a long series coming up, I think. <laughs> Hopefully, we do a good job with it. Like this is the kind of stuff I I like sitting and talking and BSing with these kind of people.